All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome into your game day previews. Myself, Brad Ward, OBR Collab, All Eyes on Cleveland, OBR Film Breakdown. We're here to talk Brown Steelers round two. Should be an interesting game. A lot of drama surrounding the quarterback situation in Cleveland. Obviously, Joe Burrow going down has thrown some of the indicators of where the division was truly going up in the air a lot. Listen, this is an important game. Two teams that I think are going to be driven by pretty strong defense, although the Browns I, I view as a more consistent defense in Pittsburgh, which leans into the turnover. But nonetheless, the Steelers have a formula, right? So Steelers have won plenty of games this year. They've been trailing in the in the yardage department, but have made enough plays to somehow find a way to win, like historic level stuff going on here. And if they can push to 7-3, and three, and then when they make their meeting with the Cincinnati Bengals, who will be led by uh, none other than Jake Browning next week, they have a chance to be an 8-3 and three team. So they're looking at this as a real hungry opportunity to to put the Browns behind the eight ball. The Browns obviously are seven and three opportunity here, a chance to stay close to Baltimore in the division split with both Baltimore and Pittsburgh, Brad, and then have a chance to sweep the, the uh, Bengals late in the year, which would put them in a nice spot in the division, right? A, a chance to win this. This is a wildly important game. And, and it's one of the bigger games in Cleveland Brown stadium between these two, where you've sort of been in the thick of the season and both teams are really competitive. Like obviously there was the playoff game, Brad, and then there was the the uh, late in the season game right before the playoff game that put the Browns into the playoffs. That was a really big one, but that was, you know, in the height of COVID, right? So, you yeah. know, you didn't get the experience in this way. So I would say this is the biggest one in Cleveland Browns stadium with the Steelers. And that's an exciting thing, right? Kevin Stefanski's talking about it. Get the blowhorns out. Get the people out of the Muni lock. Get them into the stadium. We want to start off hot. They want this one, Brad. You can tell from what they've said. They really want this one, man. And, I, and I'm excited to see how they handle it. Yeah, it's a massive game uh, for both teams. Uh, I can't remember a time when there was this much online for both teams in Cleveland Stadium. Uh, and, you know, you've got a lot of narratives here, right? You, you've got a revenge narrative a little bit with Chubb. Uh, from the first time around, a, re a revenge narrative in, in general, just the way they lost that game. Uh, you have uh, the uh, Jim Donovan back in the booth. You've got white face masks. You've got it all. This this is, I mean, this is uh, should be a wild atmosphere, a raucous environment, as I as It, it I has like to be. To the Browns have to make it as difficult on Pittsburgh as possible. When they're on offense, yes. it needs to be challenging for them to communicate throughout the game. So I think the fans are up for the challenge i think they want to really help the youngster dtr get you know back on the right foot here we, we know he's more talented than what he showed against baltimore but this is nonetheless a challenging defense he'll face with the steelers and he knows he has to take care of the football the good thing is many of the things we've heard this week about his preparation actual pointed preparation for his play style and his uh leadership within the group and like an ability for him to take command of this is my opportunity i'm going to seize it all of that stuff is encouraging to hear and listen, should be a good one. We're really excited about it. Let's go through what we do all the time. So the all-time series, Brad, 81-62-1. and one, uh, Sorry, 81-62-1. Steelers lead all time. But this has been a split situation, Brad, right? If you look at the home, uh, home away stuff, it's been kind of split for a little while here. Because if we track it back, 2018, the Browns and Steelers opened together, and it was a tie. You remember that? Josh Gordon had come back. It was Tyrod Taylor, Hugh Jackson's last year. Yes. And they should have won that ball game. It was kind yeah. of crazy that that game ended in a tie. So that one is in a tie. The Steelers win in late October at their place, right? Then the next season, 2019, the Browns win. And I think that was the Miles Garrett Monday night game. 
the the helmets get thrown around a little bit there. But the Browns win that one. Then they lose late in the year on the first of December uh, in Pittsburgh. The next season they go to Pittsburgh, lose that one in October, and then at the turn of the new year they get Pittsburgh at home to win to get into the playoffs, right? And they beat them, and then they beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, a rare Pittsburgh win at Pittsburgh for their playoff win in the wild card the next year. This is where the anomaly happened, and we're going to talk about who the official in this game was, but uh, this is the game that the Pittsburgh Steelers come in and steal from the Browns, and I recall it being a game that the Browns, I think like Jarvis had a drop late, Brad. The Browns had a ton of chances to win that game in late October. It was a Halloween game because if I recall, like Miles and the group had had showed up in a bunch of really, you know, it was a bunch of fun Halloween costumes, and then they lost that game 15-10. And then they lost late in the year in January uh, at the turn of the, uh, the calendar, but the end of the season, they lost 26-14 there. Then, obviously, uh, we get the early season game in uh, this past season, right, uh, where the Browns win at home. I think that was a September game, a very early. Usually these two teams either open with each other, right, or uh, it's sort of a little later in the year, but the Browns get a week two and then a week 11 here. It's a little different, but so they get that September win. And as we know, they lost to close the year out in Pittsburgh last year. Deshaun at quarterback. It didn't go very well for them there. And then this year they lose 26, 22. It feels like all of these games, the Steelers win at home. They score like 26 to 29 points. It's kind of strange, but the Browns have had good fortune here, Brad at home. And that's got to be the hope, obviously. And that's largely been what the division is for the Browns a lot, except for Cincinnati, a lot of Home wins, road losses. They bucked the trend last week with Baltimore. Can they buck yeah. the trend here? That's the question, right? Yeah. Well, I guess not buck the trend. They're, they're going to try to keep the trend moving and get this division win at home where they've had pretty good success against the Steelers. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, it, it really should have won the first meeting. I feel like oh, no they're doubt. a more talented no uh, football team, uh, regardless of, you know, who's a quarterback, even with GTR quarterback, you feel like they're the more talented football team. Uh, the Steelers are just, you know, finding a way. I mean, historically, right? Uh, only team to get outgained in every single game and uh, win and be six and three or whatever. That's that's absurd, right? It's kind of magical. And I, think that's, I think that's a good point you're making, Brad, because if, if you're wondering why Browns fans still have a lot of confidence – Watson was really bad in that game at Pittsburgh. Really bad. Yes. And they found a way to to almost I mean if they just would have punted every drive in that fourth quarter they'd won. Yeah. Right? So like you're saying, well how did the Browns get it done this time? Well, they just need to be closer to average quarterback play. You know, the, yeah. there's one fluke play, a blown coverage where George Pickens scores but everything else they got, two defensive touchdowns, that's 21 points and then they kicked a couple field goals. So yeah, the, the Steelers offense it's just, was yeah. not, I mean, they were shut down completely in that game. Um, so if you don't, if you don't give them 14 points, right, you you win easily. So that's why I think people have some confidence that they can get this game done. But again, it's a different Pittsburgh team, different Browns team. Uh, Steelers obviously have uh, been running the football a little bit better. We'll talk about that here yeah. in a minute, but it does look like really, uh, really good weather. For this one, so that should that should be nice, right? You know, you're getting into the the twentieth day of November, nineteenth day of November. Sorry, it's going to be sunny and pretty pretty nice, right? High forty nine, sunny, five ten mile per hour winds, beautiful mid mid November. It's a gift. That's a gift to Bernsey, I think, it is right a gift. there. 
I've I completely agree, especially with those low of winds coming off the lake. So you feel pretty good about that. Should be a pretty neutral ball game weather-wise. CBS, I think we're back to CBS, which was so weird having a game on Fox with two AFC North teams. So back to CBS and then a pretty good broadcast crew again. Yeah, Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, uh, a good crew. We've had him a couple times this year already, CBS back. I did not like the uh, be flat was out. Awful. Blaine with no, you. I did awful. not like the Fox call. And uh, who was it? The the ex player that was on it the was call? Vilma. Jonathan Vilma. He's Jonathan been bad. Vilma. They had like Lavar Errington doing it one time too, and he was awful. They're going to these ex linebackers, and I'm just not impressed. Not good. That's all I'm not gonna good. say. Not impressed with the uh, with the understanding and uh, just you need a depth of knowledge to talk about teams yeah. cohesively. And I just didn't think he was very good at it. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so. Shifting over, let's talk officiating crew. Uh, I know that we get we get Sean Hockley, right? I think that's one of the more well known refs, right? Largely because of the biceps. He's uh yeah, you know, he's, and he's Ed was up there. Uh, cut from the same cloth. So Ed was Jack too. Ed was his dad. Ed hung it up in 2018. So you get Sean Hockley, uh, one of the more well known referees. Jake, you've got some. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Vinny, uh, Vinny Opadisano. I hope I'm screwing your name up, buddy. But I, I, this is a great piece of information thrown over to me because we like to do some nuggets on the officiating here. So he's been a uh, he's covered Steelers games four times since 2020. So a relatively high number. He's done four games of the Steelers in the division. So that's what I think we're getting at. Uh, three, sorry, three of the four in the division. So that's pretty high, the number there. So three of the four Steelers games he's done in the division. And then in all four of those games, so three in the division, one out, the Steelers were road underdogs. So they were getting seven, getting five and a half, getting three and getting one. And I think the Browns line is kind of like one, one and a half. The Browns are giving. So the Steelers are getting points in this game too. So in all those games though, Brad, he's, he's the, the Steelers are four and oh straight up. Yeah. So, and that includes, yeah. he was the official of the 2021 game at Cleveland. The Steelers, we won uh 15, 10, we referenced earlier. So, not the best nugget there, but maybe you have no. more. No, uh, yeah, I have some more. So I go back, uh, I generally with the referees, I kind of draw a line at 2019. There was a little bit of a change there with the Browns. So that's kind of as far back as I go as far as trends. In Browns games, straight up, he's three. the uh, Browns are three and two with him calling games since 2019, which is not bad. Um, he's generally viewed as a pretty good ref, uh, as far as you know, trends go. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of his trends trend towards the under, which this is going to expect to be a lower scoring game, anyways, right? So, uh, but the you know betting trends trend toward uh, the under, and um, he's right around league average for penalties called per game uh, and yards per game. Now, he the one note on him is he's been involved in a lot of controversial calls over the years so 2021 week 15 seahawks versus rams no pass interference call effectively doomed seattle if you recall that um Hockley officiated the cowboys and raiders thanksgiving day debacle in 21 uh publicly criticized by jerry mm-hmm uh, Hockley is the only referee to assess an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to Tom Brady after Brady questioned a no call on obviously roughing the passer penalty in the Buccaneers' playoff loss to the Rams in 22, if you remember that too. So he's been at the center of some uh, 
NFL wide uh, controversy. But uh, we would like him to not be involved in any that doesn't give the Browns a benefit. One hundred. Put that stance out there. Yes. Right? You're doing right. as a referee. You're doing your job if you are not uh, being focused on uh, any. So the games that he's done for the Browns, just real quickly, he did the Dolphins game last year, which was a loss. He did the Steelers game in 21, which was a loss. It's Halloween, we already referenced, 1510. Uh, in 2020, he did two Browns games. He went over the Giants and he went over Washington early in the season. Um, and in 19, he did the week four Browns win over the Ravens, 40 to 25. Uh, good memory there. So, Okay. Right on. There's all your nuggets. Officiating some good, some bad. Let's just hope for a quiet, you know, offensive linemen and officials. We just don't want to hear much from you. That would be yes. the goal, right? That's the goal. Okay, moving on. We have bet of the week, our little parlay of the week we do here. And last week was a tough one. If you've been following these, I think we'd hit the two previous weeks. Uh, yes. This past week, we, we missed on Jerome Ford receiving yards, which is tough because he was a dominant rushing performance from him. Thought he would have got a, all those checkdowns, a couple more receiving yards, but that's the only spot we missed. But we're ready to run it back, Brad. Let's let's hit him with what we have here. We talked about this one ahead of time. Yeah, let's uh, cover the bases first. So this line has been all over the place, as you can imagine, with the Watson news and everything. So, yeah. but it's it's almost back to where it started, Jake. So uh, you know, as of tonight, it's minus two and a half the Browns. So man, I can't uh, believe it's moved that far. Yeah, so at one point it was minus one, the Steelers. So, yeah, it's come all the way back the other way. So, uh, 56%, pardon me, 6% of the bets coming in on the Steelers, 44% on the Browns. However, once again, uh, the handle, the money coming in more on the Browns, both on the money line and the number. So, uh, you'd like to think that the Sharps are on the Browns there again. We've given you why we have confidence. So I think that's where a lot of people are looking at it from that perspective. And, and again, you're talking about a defense that's come off two pretty dominant performances, so not surprised by that. So, uh, yeah, I want to throw real quick before we start the segment here uh, with the parlay. I think if you're doing a touchdown score, first-time touchdown score, oh yeah, I really, really like DTR at plus 1,600. Just a little either quarterback sneak or... Just a little read, read option keep or a scramble. It's uh to me is a fun first touchdown score dart throw. So plus sixteen hundred is his number. Yeah, it feels like they might try to neutralize some of the edges with uh you know some read option with him. Feels like a nice mm-hmm. way to slow some of that down a little bit and maybe in the red zone too you get one. A little there. zone read, little power read, something yeah. off of that stuff. I think you could yeah. sprinkle in or like I said, high rush up the uh, from from Alex Highsmith and. And uh, T.J. Watt, they're going to try to encourage those guys upfield, and yeah. I think you can get some step up, slide out stuff going on again. Yeah, where Watson, he can, he can escape. So walked into the end zone on the two point conversion last week. So yeah, a little something like that. So throw some, uh, sprinkle some five, ten bucks there on DTR. That'd be a good one. I like it. Uh, a little pizza All right. bet. All right, let's uh, let's pivot to the. Uh, you know, we should get a sponsor for this or something. The parlay sure. here. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going right back to the well with Ford. You know, I think it was a fluke, anomaly. They like to get him involved in the screen game. Uh, it missed last week, but we're going back. The number's 13 and a half. I think it was very similar last week. We're going over receiving yards, right? Uh, yep. Going in back to the first matchup, I will say real quick, 
Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Let me see if uh, Jerome Ford had three catches, 25 yards, first matchup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think last week was a little bit of a indicator of who's going to be out there a lot. He's going to get a, a lion's share of the carries, as we know, and then I think they're going to give him some opportunities in the past game as well. Yeah, a couple catches. He just didn't get to the 13 and a half. If you recall, he caught that third down, turned it upfield, got the first down. So um, he was involved in the past game, just didn't get there on the didn't break free for mm-hmm. all it takes is one, right? Um, one good one. So we've been going, you know, Cooper and Njoku have been paying out every week. So I think the yardage is the way to go here uh, with 43 and a half on Cooper is going over that. I, I like it. Uh, and I like Njoku over 29 and a half, which seems really low. Um, a lot of the numbers in this game really watered down with the 33 total uh, over under which I didn't mention, which is absurdly low. Um, it is very low. They're expecting a rock fight in this one, which is probably best to presume yeah. uh, w- will happen based on quarterback play of both of these teams, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's your three legs, first three legs, and then we're going to we go. We're gonna get different this week. We like to stick with this trend of receiving here uh, and go to Pickens, whose number is absurdly low at 36 and a half. Right, Jake? I think that number's really low. Now, in the last three games, you know, Pickens hasn't been all too good, right? I think he only had 22 and then a negative one against the Titans and a weird one. But then he had 45 last week. Games Mm -hmm. before that, he's been hitting that number. I think, again, it just takes two catches for him, how he plays to get that number. And I think he'll, you know, have some opportunities on throw-up balls down the sideline, man coverage. I expect him to get some opportunities in this game. And again, if if Pickens has 37 yards, that's still a failure of a game. So yes. I don't think it's going to change anything all too much. So nonetheless, uh, I think you're you're looking at a really nice opportunity at a low number for a guy who gets a decent amount of targets. And he should. I expect him to get some targets in this one and, and as the Steelers try to right the wrong of that passing game recently. Yeah, absolutely. So there's four legs. That gets you right there to 10 to 1. Uh, Jake, and uh, you can play that. Uh, but if you want to, you know, ladder it up or play two bets or just play one with all five, we also like, just so you know, we like the Jalen Warren over receiving and rushing at 63 and a half. Once again, not detrimental if he gets there to the Browns by any stretch of the imagination, uh, a low number. Uh, and he has been, I mean, they split snaps even. Last week, and he's been leading the way in touches, I think, over Najee. So uh, it's officially their starter now and very involved in the offense. Yeah, he had 66 receiving yards, 25 rush, 66 receiving yards. First time Browns got together with him. So I and think he'll get even, plenty of opportunity. Yeah, he wasn't even in the swing of things then yet either. Now, you know, they've they've ramped up his usage, I think, since then too. So Yeah, he uh, took our Hopkins field goal line away from us, which is a big yeah. thing we've been doing. Noted. Yeah. So I'll be I'll, I'll be watching in the morning. And if you're you know, if you're really into this, you can check. But they have uh, Boswell on there and everything. Uh, but we, we've been leaning on that Hopkins over a field goal and a half every week. And it's been hitting. Uh, I know Jack Duffin has been playing it uh, straight uh, with the uh, over five and a half points. Right. Uh, with the PATs and field goals and been hitting it every week. And they've taken. uh They've taken that down, so uh, they're t- they're taking we're taking their shirts uh, with the hot. Yeah, they they know they know that they're giving the money away there. 
it's not surprising given that the Browns offense is not wholly efficient getting into the end zone. Sure. Uh, so sure. not at all, not at all a surprise. All right. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get a little Sunday parlay boost on DraftKings for that if you want to. Yep. Makes, makes some Absolutely. Point. Uh, they, yeah. For some reason, they don't have that. Once again, they, they don't have the Ohio boost. They played it every week this year. They don't have the uh, Ohio boost anymore. Maybe we are, we're too much of a, a veteran state of betting now. Mm-hmm. They've taken that away. But there is still, uh, you get the one-time 50% boost. You play that put these together and walk out of there with uh, 150 170 bucks right depending on right. Uh, if you want to throw in that extra leg we gave you so uh, i like them all though i'm gonna play them all together jake i like it yeah put some coin in your pocket i am too we're gonna take a break come back talk about how the browns get this w in a much needed game and then we'll get out the door so all right brad formula time how are they getting it done we look back we come back for the show at seven o'clock Sunday night, and what are we saying that the Browns did to get this win? How do you do it? Don't turn over the ball in a way. I don't even you can turn it over. I'm even I'm even going that far. I've given up on a clean slate, right? Just don't turn it over in a way that directly leads to points. Don't, you know what I mean? Uh if you're gonna turn it over do it on a long pass that feels like a punt or something like that, right? I, just don't yeah. turn it over is, your own end a in the shadow between, of your own field goal, right? There's yeah, a trend here. There's, there's a difference between good and bad turnovers, right? right? There's a difference between a 50-yard throw down field that gets intercepted versus, yes. you know, throwing a pick six on a speed out that turns into points the other way immediately. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to have turnovers, we don't want them to have any, but if you do... Try to keep away from the backbreaking variety. I think that is yeah. a very fair approach. And again, some of this stuff is going to be cliche, right? But that's pretty simple. That they they were crushed by turnovers the first time. I think Njoku had a fumble that was recovered that led yeah. to a field goal. There was the scoop and score off Alex Highsmith's sack late in the game to give Pittsburgh the lead in the fourth quarter. And obviously first the tipped interception, the first play of the game. Those are three turnovers that directly led to points. So you know, do the math, folks. That's the difference between the first and outcome and what we hope to see here in the second outcomes. It's it's very, like I said, you know, every team everywhere in the country throws that up there as far as their team goals. Don't turn the football over. But, you know, you have to execute that. And against this defense, which is very pesky and opportunistic, you have to focus as best you can. You can't go into a game playing afraid and saying, well, we can't turn the yeah. ball over. Can't do that. But you also have to be cognizant of, that's this how is how live. these guys are winning. This is how they, how they live. They're live. plus ten. They're a plus ten in the turnover department this year. And they're you know you can't win ball games, you know, where you're getting outgained consistently without gaining an advantage in another place. This is the place they're gaining it. They're not. And I'll give them credit. Like Kenny Pickett, only four interceptions on the year. They don't turn it over very much. It's a bad passing offense. Rushing game has been better. Bad passing yeah. offense, but they don't turn it over much. So they you're talking about. You know, every possession ending in a kick. So, so Kenny Pickett hasn't thrown an interception since week four, I think, at the Texans. He threw yeah. one. That's the last time. So, you know, and again, look at where the uh, Steelers, two of three games that Kenny Pickett has thrown interceptions in, both two interceptions against the, the, the 49ers in the opener, yeah, an interception against the Browns. Grand Delpit picked off, and that should have been a Browns win. We can all agree about that. And then the Texans game. Those are two losses there of those three games of turnovers from him. Where the other team pretty hand pretty handedly beat them, 
So yeah. it's it's obviously important to try to rip one away as much as it is to try to avoid them on your side. I think, Jake, I think Stefanski has gotten better this year um, in recent weeks of like managing that a little bit. Like I think maybe at the be you know, when the, in the Steelers game, you know, it's hard to blame him for that, but still, you know, seven step drop and you're in the shadow of your own end zone when you're up three late in the game, maybe not the best complimentary football call. Like there's a lot of other things you could have done there. Right. But I know that's getting a little picky, but you know, as we look forward, I, I think he's managed that a little bit better as far as like where you are on the field, realizing that you have a really good defense and a good punter and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, complimentary football and coaching with it. I think he's gotten better as the year's gone on. For sure. Here's what I would say. Stop the run. Last two weeks for the Steelers, they have figured out something running the football, right? They have. I think that's that's pretty obvious. If you look at their season stats, they have not run the football very well all year. 41, 55, 105, 114, 87, 86, 70. Last two weeks, Tennessee and Green Bay. Now, Tennessee is not as good as they were, I think, early in the year. Run defense has slipped some. They go, go for 166 on the ground. Last week with the Packers, 205. Okay, so I think it's pretty obvious that the objective here is to make the run game something they have to leave behind. And, and again, this is the most cliche win of all cliche wins. Don't turn it over. Stop the run mm. and take an early lead. Get out yep. early. If you can get a 10 nothing lead on these guys in the second quarter, make their run game irrelevant, and put the game on the arm of Kenny Pickett, that's the formula, Brad. You got to make it Pickett is. earn this game. It can, I don't want this game being tight. If it's tight late, Kenny has actually done a nice job. One of the few areas he's done a nice job of in his career is some fourth quarter drives. Yeah. You're right. That's it. So I want him to feel the burden of, of like chasing the scoreboard all day. And yep. I think that's what the Browns have to be pulling for here. So jump out early, stop the run game, hold him to that 60, 70 yard mark in, in run game and make Kenny Pickett throw consistently in, in second and third and longs to beat you. And I think if you do that with a mixture of taking care of the ball, making your kicks, that's why I picked the Browns 13-7. I think they get up 13, maybe early, uh, late second quarter, early third quarter, and then, you know, Pittsburgh's fighting back. They score a touchdown somewhere, but that's not enough. So 13-7, a touchdown for the Browns somewhere in this game, and a couple field goals, maybe even a third, get it to 16-7. But it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be old school AFC North rock fight in terms of like offensive production. Yeah. And that's what the Browns should be wanting. That's that's what they should be wanting. They cannot play this game where they allow Pittsburgh to have their way with them on the ground. They can't do it. Can't do it. So that's primary objective number one. Yeah. Both Anything the, to both, add to that? Yeah. Both these teams kind of want to win the same way, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so, you know. The Browns, you know, went in and out physical the Ravens in Baltimore last week in an impressive way. So I have a lot of belief in this team, regardless of who's at quarterback. And, and you know, th th you mentioned the run game. Jalen Warren is, you know, I think the difference and even energized Najee a little bit. I know he's had some success too, but but Warren is explosive and dynamic and, and he is the difference in their run game for me. Uh, so, and, and as you said, they've figured some things out, but he, he can be a handful. So, uh, you got to stop that from happening, uh, as the Browns have, you know, guys like him have gotten free a few times this year. So you gotta be careful yep. there.
have to have to take care of business there in the first matchup. The Browns held them to 55 rushing yards. You take out yeah. the blown coverage, you're holding them to about 130 passing yards. So, yeah, can you do that again? I mean, the the defense's recipe in the first matchup was fine. Held them to 255. I think they had one true offensive touchdown and two turnovers. They got a fumble. I think Gunnar Olszewski fumbled a ball on a swing, a little uh, orbit route catch, and then they had the pick of pick it early in the game, and that 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 formula was fine. I don't even think the Steelers crossed like the fifty yard line on a drive, no. like a true drive, not not the big play. Obviously, they did on the big play, but the Browns kept them bottled up. I think in the second half, or was it the fourth quarter that they didn't even have a. Was it that they didn't have a, po- a first down or positive yard? Like the Browns' second half dominated them. Negative yards in the fourth yeah. quarter, I think. So something like that, right? So like again, that's the formula, man. It's a pretty simple one. If you if you let the Pittsburgh stay multi-dimensional, and if you if you don't get out early, it can be a real fight to figure just about anything out because you start to feel the weight of the defense that they play with and a rookie quarterback and all that. So I know Kevin yeah. talked about get everybody in the stadium early. They want to start fast. I think he means that. They know what happened in the in the last few games. They started slow on offense. Didn't turn it over against the Cardinals, but they started slow there. We obviously know, uh, you know, giving up points early, found themselves behind against Seattle. And then we obviously know what happened last week where it was 14 yeah. nothing out the gates quick. And we obviously know that they remember going to Pittsburgh and being down right out of the gates in that one. They need to start fast. Kevin has traditionally been a game script guy in his career. And that has been a little flip this year where he hasn't been so much a game script guy. They've adjusted well. And I prefer the adjustment side to the game script side. But boy, they're due for one where they put it together for the entirety. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see if they can do that, Brad. So big game, exciting game. Settle in, get you some good food, and hopefully watch the Browns play play pretty well. What do you got before we head out? That's it, man. This is an awesome. I mean, the atmosphere, I mean, with everything that's going on this year, you know, I'll, I'll bring it back to this. Like, I, I really like this team, right? Uh, this is an easy team to root for as compared to last year, right? Uh, they uh, do all the things that, as a Browns fan, you love. So, um, you know, culture-wise, right? So, uh, they never, they don't give up. They're relentless. And, and uh, this should be a uh, classic AFC North battle. And you love that they are right in the middle of it here in mid-November. And they're hosting the Steelers with a chance to give a devastating loss to them and a massive win to us so just to, to be in the thick of this thing is a blast and uh, yeah, i think it'll be an amazing atmosphere and i can't wait fired up man can't wait either can't wait either should be a fun one like i said check out the obr later in the night we'll do our sunday rewind show go through all of that for you what i hope is i can feel the environment of the stadium through the tv that's what we need the fans bring in that environment that is necessary to make life as hard on pittsburgh as possible uh, hopefully you feel a little pre-1999 nostalgia from back in the day where Pittsburgh is just overwhelmed with the sound in Cleveland. That'd be great, right? So if you're going there, be loud, be early, cheer your Browns on a victory. Be quiet when they're on offense, but take care of them when they're on defense. That's the stuff we want to hear. So for OBR Film Breakdown, all eyes on Cleveland, Brad Ward and myself, we appreciate you being here. Like I said, stop by, check out the show on Twitch and YouTube later in the evening. And again, thanks for making us a part of your Sunday in any way, shape or form. And as we always say, go Browns.